0: Either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry? You waste all our film. (laughs) It's so bad! Has there ever been a week where we've only had one new movie in the screening room? I think maybe
1: uh, Endgame, perhaps?
0: Maybe. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that, That checks out. But we've only got one this week, but it's a big one. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. We're from MadWolf.com, and you know the big one we're talking about. It's the big scary clown. 27 years after their first encounter with the terrifying Pennywise, the Losers Club have grown up and moved away until a devastating phone call brings them back. It, Chapter 2. We made an oath. I swear.
1: If it isn't dead, if it ever
0: comes back, we'll come back to you. We didn't stop it. Anyways. The cloud. <laughs> we can't let it happen again.
1: Hello? Oh! <laughs> Hello. For 27 years, I dreamt of you. So this is one we were cautiously optimistic.
0: Yeah, we uh, really were after part one because both of us liked part one a lot, and I especially liked part one more than I thought I would because I remember the '90s TV series, love uh, TV miniseries, love Tim Curry. Oh loved yeah. the Pennywise. No part, question. But it just left me it it the the second half of it last time out uh, in the '90s just left me with such a bad taste. That I just had bad memories the whole of the whole thing. So I I really liked part one so much and I was so looking forward to this.
1: Yeah, they did a lot of things right with part one. They didn't try to, you know, really follow in Tim Curry's footsteps. They really reimagined the clown and Bill Skarsgard was great as the clown. And that Uh was the biggest thing. But also I loved that they updated it from the fifties to the eighties because that gave Gary Doberman, the writer, the opportunity to rewrite all of the dialogue. So I'm gonna go ahead (laughs) and I hope this isn't a hot take. I'm a fan of Stephen King, obviously, because I'm a huge horror fan, right? But Stephen King's dialogue is problematic and his endings are
0: bad. Which is funny. That it is, is a, because that is a running gag in this movie, It Chapter 2, not only among because in this chapter Bill has grown up to be a writer. Mm-hmm. And so it's a gag that his some of his fans just acknowledge that he can't really end well, and then Stephen King has a cameo yeah. as a guy who mentions the same thing. Oh, I don't really like the ending. So okay, haha. And that's one of the obstacles that this movie faces because it has more options. Let's let's be fair because. It has more inherent obstacles than Chapter 1 did. You mentioned Chapter 1 had really one big one. That was the clown. Yeah. that everybody loved Tim Curry as yes. Pennywise. And they had to get the clown right. And they did. They did. They, they definitely really did. did.
1: Now, in, in Chapter 2, the first problem that uh, is inevitable is because the film revisits these these children as adults. Well, children in peril, that's a much scarier concept. You, that's a, Your heart goes out to them. You're worried for them in a way that you are simply not with adults.
0: And... That's key when you think that, I think of two of my favorite sequences in Chapter 2, they involve children, not the Losers Club, new children. Yes, And those sequences are very effective. Uh, For for me, those are the two most effective sequences in the film. So that's a really good point. So it's got that to overcome, and it's got the source material to overcome that we already talked about. The novel's ending is not great, and what they did with the uh, TV series, for anybody that has memories of that, that's not great either. So we will say that chapter 2 improves on those two points, I think.
1: It, the the ending is is much much better. And mm-hmm. you know, it had to be in the way that the film makes a joke about the ending. I mean, they had right. they they yeah. were setting themselves up. They really had to improve yeah. on it. And then I think that uh one of the other things that helps them overcome the fact that you're just inherently less interested in what happens to adults and children is this cast. They got a a really good cast.
0: Yeah. And what's interesting about it one of the bigger, stars, the two really the biggest stars in the cast, you're going to have Jessica Chastain yes. and James McAvoy. Yeah. Really, everybody else except James McAvoy looks like their kid. They really, they really, really they do. do. James McAvoy doesn't at all. He and, it, and because all the other adult actors look so much like their kid.
1: It stands out. It really stands out. It really out. stands out because as, as a boy, Billy is, uh, he's very lanky and thin. And then James McAvoy is compact, and this is the thing that kills me. He has the biggest eyes. His eyes are massive. So you just look at the two and go, "Well, they, which is a funny." It's I mean, it's a very picky thing to say, and the only reason I think that it stands out is because it's almost creepy how much the other adults look like the
0: kids. They really, really do. Especially, um, I thought that the big, the best one. Really was Jay Ryan who plays the grown-up Ben, which AKA is the fact. Which
1: uh, that's what's interesting is, of course, because he evolves into being a hot guy. But man, they match that face. The face, yes, it is.
0: It's amazing. He he does. He grows up, and of course, he's a very handsome guy. But the face is the same. You could look at that face and go, "Oh yeah, I could totally see yeah. this guy growing yeah. up, getting fit, and that's his face." But all of them, um, James Ransom plays Eddie, and if you oh, see, he really does. Yeah, he he. Great. He has the same kind of tics. Oh
1: yeah, he's got the and he's got the yeah, the same face. And the, and you might recognize him. He's in both of the sinister movies. He's also in a little indie film we adore
0: called Tangerine. Oh, Look so it up. So great. And also speaking of guys you might recognize, Isaiah Mustafa Plays the grown up Mike. He had to tell me who it was. I was like, oh, no, I don't know this guy. It, like, I don't know. I don't know who this is. It took me a minute. I I looked at his face. I'm going, like, boy, he looks familiar. And then he started talking and the way he said things. He's one of the Old Spice guys. The hot
1: guy on, he the, was on, like, on the. I'm on a horse. Exactly. That's that guy. <laughs> <And> you're like, <laughs> and even as he said it to me, yeah. I thought,
0: I don't think that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's but not it is. the hot
1: guy from the horse.
0: But it is. But let's, we're saving the the best for last year. We're burying the lead because yeah. the guy who steals this movie is Bill Hader. Yeah, he really is. As, he really as, is.
1: He's He plays... Uh, Richie, he, yeah, of course. The, the funny guy, yeah. the, the goofy-looking funny guy with
0: glasses, which, and,
1: and which is perfect casting. Yeah, and
0: it, it's interesting because he has grown up to be a stand-up comedian. Right,
1: right. I mean, you expect Bill Hader to come on and be funny, and he's been very funny in a, films as well, not just on Saturday Night Live. But he handles the scary elements, he handles the emotional weight of it... He really does. At, ...really, really well.
0: Yeah, and to steal that from... Jessica Chastain who nominee yeah, yeah exactly who are really, really good. He does. he steals it from the adult cast and you mentioned dialogue. one of the problems with this movie is is the dialogue it and is. some of the places that they they go because the source material went yeah. there and we don't want to spoil anything for people that haven't read the book or haven't know know some of the things that are coming up. but that's where we started thinking and talking about it after and talking about it at lunch right before we started recording this. Things that they could have left out because, let's face it, people, this movie runs almost three hours long. That is correct. And it's just too much. It's too long. we've, We've mentioned it many times. A movie like, we just went to see... The extended director's cut of uh, mid-summer. midsummer,
1: And, the, you know, before the original cut came out, which is about, clocked in at about 2.20, you know, people were like, uh-oh, a 2.20 uh, horror film. We did not, didn't feel it, didn't feel it. In nope. fact, we loved the film so much that we were happy to go back and see the director's cut, which
0: is more than a half hour long, just under three hours, didn't feel it. Didn't feel it. Because when it's good and engaging, you don't feel it. Right. And when here, when it drags, especially with the middle, the middle of this, uh, when... The losers go their separate ways, and then they all have to deal with some demons that they had repressed, some some troubles, some experiences they they didn't remember in coming back to Derry and having to uh, deal with uh, Pennywise and it again. They have to deal with some of these things alone, and that's where for me everything just got bogged down. It it lost its uh, cohesiveness, its its sense of forward. Narrative, yeah. Um, where were you really invested in these characters, and it seemed undisciplined, and all it really did for me, all those long segments did for me, it seemed their only aim was to set up really clearly telegraphed jump scares.
1: Yeah, I think that you know you could make the case that it was partly to um, to give the younger actors another showcase, because they're flashback sequences in, in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. so you get... And they were good, the kids in the, the, kids in the first good, movie. They're yeah. very, very good. And then I think the idea also is to to help us to invest in the adult version of the characters, and then maybe to make the payoff at the end make a little bit more sense. But on the whole, they're not strong. They really are not. And the Jessica Chastain one, so that's, that's the trailer for the film. And for as much as you saw in the trailer, that's interesting enough. I mean, it's creepy, but God, the way it resolves itself is just... And that, to me, brings me to our ne- the next big <laughs> hurdle. And I do think it bothered me more than it bothered you, but it bothered me. The effects in this movie are lacking in
0: luster. There are some that are really questionably weak, and not including Pennywise. No. Pennywise is still impressive. Yes. And a lot of the scary shots of Pennywise, like when he opens his mouth and yeah, the and teeth, teeth, and things the like teeth. that, yeah, still very creepy. They are effective. But you're right. Some of the other Monsters, creatures are really surprisingly throwback yeah. in there. It's something you would have Muddy. seen in Ghostbusters. Right. Well, really. it's funny.
1: Uh, I'm, I was talking about this earlier. The director, one of the few films he did before he did it, was a film called Ma, um, Mama, Ma- Mama, which is with one of Jessica the reasons. Chastain. Yeah, no doubt we got Jessica Chastain in this film. And Mama is two thirds great little horror movie with some incredible performances from children. Of course, Jessica Chastain is great in it. But then you get to the specter that is haunting the film, and the CGI is so bad Mm. it's so bad that it just pulls you right out of the story and i'm not saying this is that it's not as bad as that i mean which i may just be misremembering how bad ma was but mama but it's weak enough that you just think either this director does not have a flair at all with directing um these
0: kind of digital effects or this is his style and the style is not very good yeah it's director andy muschetti who's Mm -hmm. back from Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. chapter one and uh, you're right about that. One thing I did like, I did like a lot of his scene transitions. Yes, you did. He found, yeah. he found some nicely stylish ways to go from one scene to the next. Yes, he and, did. But again, against these, this weak CGI, it did kind of stand out a little bit. I keep coming back to jump scares, and that's a, yep. that's a sort of a point of emphasis here, because I will say, if you, if you like jump scares, mm-hmm. and a lot of people do, oh, yeah. I was talking to somebody this morning on one of the radio morning shows that we call into, the girl on the show loves jump scares, yep. and she had already seen this mm-hmm. movie and thought it was a lot of fun, so there you go. Yeah. If you're a fan of the jump scares and how they're set up, well, then you'll probably have a lot more fun with this movie than we did. And we're saying mostly negative that we didn't hate it. No, not we at all. We did not hate it. No. We were just we were disappointed because yep. we had such high expectations after after chapter one. But uh, it's it's a lot of jump scares and music stabs and and I thought not surprising jump scares either. I mean, no. I'm like, oh, here comes this, yeah, and they're yeah. really really set up. But Then it finally, when it finally slogs and drags itself... Into the third act, yeah. Into the third act, it picked up. Although, one of the things that's involved with uh, getting rid and finally killing it, uh, and if you read the book, you know what I'm talking about, Uh, most I'll say is a ritual. Yeah. I think we both kind of, they could have cut all of that out. Probably so. And still come to the same resolution that they did, but... You're right. I thought it picked up in the third act. Things started coming more fast and furious about in terms of intense horror scenes. And I thought that is when the times that the the writer-director both were trying to get at the more psychological yeah. fears yeah. of their characters, mm-hmm. that is when they started to really resonate with me more. Yeah. Because earlier, in the first and second act, really, of this film, it seemed more like just, just melodrama. Mm-hmm. And here, it seemed like, okay, we're u- using metaphor, a little... It's It's not too heavy-handed. It's not really, really subtle either, but just enough. I thought it was a lot more effective in that third and final act when things started really going balls to the walls than it was when it was just so, so dragged out Mm -hmm. over multiple, multiple set pieces that really, to me, didn't add a lot to the overall narrative.
1: No, I agree with you.
0: So overall, there are definitely things to like about it. I did like, you know, we were ragging on a lot of the CGI, but there are visuals that we liked.
1: Yeah, again, uh, those that have to do with Pennywise, yeah, you know, the yeah. the balloons and him flying with the uh-huh. balloons and, yep. and, you know, and the way they use color when they use him in a scene. And the and the, the couple of scenes that we liked that involved children. New children. Yes, mm-hmm. new children. They really nail that and they did in the first movie as well. And it feels like a carryover thematically and, and one that's welcome, one that is refreshing and that you, you wanted.
0: Yeah, it is kind of weird to be talking about on one hand we're saying it is an improvement on the other hand it's disappointing so yeah. it improved on the the previous uh, interpretations of this but it's disappointing because the first chapter if you want to call it that the first film was so so good yeah, it and was. set our expectations up so yeah, high yeah. so uh, and that is it chapter 2 and that is it this week so that means <laughs> it's time to go to the lobby let's all go to the lobby Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. We've got two good ones, two solid ones coming out on DVD, on home video. In case you missed them, you can check out Booksmart. This is one we've we've talked pretty much all year about how this has been a bad year. Well, I guess except for good boys. This has been a bad year for, for good, funny, R-rated comedies. They, they have not found an audience, which was a crime for this movie because we really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, a lot of people, for this one in particular, point to the way that it was released, that it wasn't yeah. like a slow-build yeah. release, that they uh, launched it all at once in the middle of the summer when you know it had a lot of competition. And so if you're one of the people who missed this film while it was a theatrical release, you can remedy that now because it's just a laugh riot. It is very much... For me, super bad, updated and with female leads. But yeah. it's that kind of funny. It's that kind of charming. Uh, and the other reason that you, it comes to mind, of course, is that is that Jonah Hill's
0: sister, Beanie Feldstein, stars. Yeah, and um, Caitlin Deaver is her friend. And you're right. It's the easiest way to describe it, I guess, is a female super bad, which I guess kind of undercuts it a little bit. But it's still... That, that I mean that's a good that's a compliment because mm-hmm. Superman Superbad is a is a really smart funny film and this movie is smart as well. Oh, it is. I know smart's in the title, but it is. It has some things to say because let's face it, female friendships are different than male friendships. They're going to have some different aspects to them. Uh, some of them quite funny. <laughs> uh, but it's that are worth exploring, and they do it uh, in, a, in a good way here. And it's the director is um, why am I forgetting her name Olivia right now? Wild. Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. And she, I thought she did a fine job. Oh, directing very. This movie. Yes, absolutely. And getting some great performances, not only the leads, but really the breakout here is Billy Lloyd. Oh,
1: my God, she is. Carrie she's F- hilarious. Carrie
0: Fisher's daughter. If you haven't heard, she just steals every scene she she's does. in. And uh, it's a lot of funny. It's R-rated, and it, yeah. er- and it earns it.
1: You know what but, it reminds me of? They, they always say that uh, back when they were filming uh, Ghostbusters, they would just be like, and here, build us something funny. Uh-huh. And uh, I feel like that's what happened here. They just kept letting it roll and see what else she was going to do because she yeah. was going to
0: do something funny. Yeah, and she definitely does. So definitely uh, worth checking out if you haven't Book smart. Also, another one that we like, boy, I don't think hardly anybody saw this. Easy, right. easy to uh, slip through the cracks. A nice little horror western. Yeah. Don't see those too much, uh, called The Wind.
1: And this was... It's already been available as streaming, and now it's its available this week on DVD if you want to own it. And I can see that, because this is one I think that it's very creepy. It's incredibly well made. It's very small. They make great use of the surroundings of each character, yeah. of each performance. The lead performance is just astonishing. And what it does that I love is that it kind of flips the idea of the Western, because it's from the perspective of a female, and... Um, how really much worse. <laughs> Things like that, those time periods, the apocalypse is going to be harder on us, too. You know, how... Uh, and I think that the film does a great job of portraying a kind of trapped that you are uh, not yeah. really that familiar with seeing. So I thought it was very enjoyable and really well made. And really, it in a way, a whole...
0: There aren't too many characters in this movie. No, total of five. Yeah, but in a way, a whole different character is just isolation. Yes. Because it's such a, a suffocating part of this movie. Mm-hmm. Just the isolation that really leaves some of these characters with little to no choices. Yeah. Um, which is a it's an interesting thing that this movie explores, and we both like to win. And also out this week, one that you have been uh, mixing up with Mama <laughs> for, the, <laughs> for the last few minutes, Ma, with yeah. Octavia Spencer comes out. Another disappointment. Yes,
1: I was disappointed. And, and again, you know, sometimes... Uh, Films can really benefit from low expectations, and sometimes high expectations are are uh, kind of an anchor because uh, because it is when an Oscar winner leads a horror film. Yeah. I am unreasonably excited. Mm-hmm. I was excited about this from the get-go because she's always so good and because I love horror and I'm just so happy when that happens. And she is great. Octavia Spencer is great in this movie and that's about it. It's borderline offensive. I found it to be borderline offensive in the way that it is set up. I think it wastes a lot of what potential it has and I just didn't care for it.
0: Mm-hmm. And Men in Black International has to be... Well, there were there were a lot of bombs this summer. I think this, this is going to be right this up there. because right- you know. Right cost a there. lot, yeah. You know it did. It just kind of sat there. Yeah,
1: and it's it's too bad because they did update it in an interesting way because Tessa Thompson, who is always great, uh, she's one of the Men in Black now, and mm-hmm. so it you know as it always has, the series always has played off of more the you know odd couple comedy of the two leads than really the sort of intergalactic whatnot. I feel like it was high time that, you know, we mixed it up a little bit gender wise. And I thought she was a great choice. And her partner is Chris Hemsworth. I don't think that the I mean, they obviously, have chemistry this is their third film together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just don't think it it lands as well here. And it I does. think the story around it isn't that interesting. And I also think the, the you know who the villain is from the opening shots. Oh,
0: it's, yeah. You talk about no surprise. You really do. Uh, and it does. It just I kept waiting for it to, okay, now it's going to pick up, yeah. now it's going to pick up. It, it just didn't. It never really got interesting. Just bland. Yeah, it was. Forgettable. So next week, uh, we've got... Uh, They're com- going to make up for the fact that we only had one movie this week. Yeah. There
1: are so moon- so many movies next week. There
0: are. The Goldfinch. Is, that's based on a popular novel, mm-hmm. so that one's coming out next week. Also, Hustlers, mm-hmm. that's about the uh, strippers at Scores uh, who ran a, a game on some uh, rich dudes. I think that came out, I think that's based on an article, or maybe a magazine article, oh, okay. I think. And then three movies we've already, well, actually four, four movies yeah. we've already seen. Brittany Runs a Marathon. Mm-hmm. Which was supposed to come out this week, I think, but then got out of the way for for it. Also, Tigers Are Not Afraid
1: comes out.
0: One called Haunt. Yeah. And then a uh, new documentary about Linda Ronstadt comes out next week as well. So we'll be talking about those. In the meantime, it's fun to talk about it. And I think a lot of people have some very strong opinions, Mm -hmm. maybe one way or the other, about it. So we'd love to keep talking about it. love to keep the conversation going, as always. uh, You can find us on Twitter at Mad Wolf that's M A D D W O L F also on uh, Facebook and Instagram it's Mad Wolf Columbus and of course the main website with all our all our written reviews and our, our other horror movie-only podcast called Fright Club, you can find that at madwolf.com. And speaking of the, That's Fright, right. the Fright Club podcast, That's we, right. we were able to convert a listener, That's a Fright right. Clubber, yep. over to the screening room. I,
1: a couple, actually, because I know Phantom Dark Dave listens to the screening room, but so, so does Seth. And he's great about it. He liked it. He just tweeted about it, tweeted about it this week and recommended us to all of his other podcast listener friends. And that was awesome, yeah, Seth. Thank you so
0: much. Really do. Really appreciate that. Appreciate any time you stop by the screening room. And when you do if you would take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review. That would be awesome. It would be so awesome. So until next week when we will have 100% less scary clowns. (laughs) That's not even true. (laughs) (laughs) All right, can I say 75% less scary clowns? Yes, you can. That's that's true. (laughs) Man, spoiler. (laughs) Until next week, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolfe. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.